Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is the Back Check with Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Back Check Season 2, Episode 13. Brendan and Stefan here, as always. It's been a little bit, but we are back. We got a ton to talk about, a lot of Rangers and Islanders stuff. Stefan's been having that front row seat. He's been involved in everything Islanders hockey. And how's it going, man? Big game last night. They almost came back. That was a a tight-fought, hard-fought game. Well, first off, last night's game ruined everybody's game story in the press box. What we try to do, and I'm new to it, so I try to do, you know, st- stay ahead of the curve is you write the story pretty much when you think the game's over. The fact the Islanders had to score that many goals in that short amount of time, you were hoping, okay, like, it- it's got to end. Like, they're either going to, if they come back and this goes to overtime, we're all, we're all done. We're all screwed. We're not, deadlines aren't being hit. That's what's going to happen. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting game because, the Islanders played to where they were in the standings and the Colorado Avalanche played to where they were. And the Avalanche, I mean, I've never seen a team move the puck in person the way they are able to do. And it's hard to judge the Islanders because they hung with them. I mean, it was 1-1 yeah, through two periods. And then it just, Colorado just wore the Islanders down. And Barlamov did all he could. Saw 44 or 49 shots he faced. I wouldn't even say any of the goals against were on him. And it got to the point where he couldn't stand on his head anymore. And the Islanders battled back. So let's talk about that's a resilient effort by that club there. And Anders Lee spoke about that. Trot spoke about that. If they had come back, that would have been that would have been crazy. Absolutely crazy. They tried. Oh, I, yeah, they did try. They failed. They tried. But, you know, we're in an industry, Brendan, where in sports where, you know, scoreboard matters. So they lost that game. Again, it was weird. They Played so much better the week before and lost by a goal. And obviously they lost by a goal last night, but for the most part, they, the Avalanche scored three goals in four minutes and 12 seconds. That was, I was I was playing a men's league game, and they had it on the TV behind me. And I looked over before one of my shifts, and it was 1-1. And by the time my next shift started, it was, I think, 3-1. I was like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's lapses. I mean, we saw that last week against, I'm pretty sure it was against Colorado last week where they gave up two goals in span of 45 seconds, or maybe it was against the Kings where it's just a couple of mistakes. And again, the Avalanche do not need help. 
they will make they will beat you by creating them themselves. They don't need you to give them chances on a silver platter. And the Islanders pretty much did that. If it wasn't for Varlamov, that game is probably eight one in the first. I mean, he made twenty saves in the first period and it started off. You knew it was going to be one of those games. Well, you thought it'd be one of those games. Pucks dropped. I don't know what the, who the defenseman was that the puck came back to. Full rink pass to McKinnon over the Islanders' blue line. He gets in, shoots just wide. But right off the bat, that was like eight seconds into the game. And you said, okay, it's going to be a long one. And credit to Varlamov because not only was that his best performance of the season, I think it was the most important. And the reason is the deadline's coming up a couple weeks away. His name has been used. But if you're a playoff hopeful team that needs a goalie, Listen, if you're making the playoffs, chances are you're either going to have to, if you're in the West, you're going to have to play Colorado to make it to the cup final. Or if you're in the East and the Colorado makes it, you're going to have to beat them in the Stanley Cup finals. So if you could get a goalie that could give your team a chance to win against a team like that, you go and you get that. And for Varlamov, I mean, I don't think his value is going to be any higher. If he plays another game and doesn't play like that, it's going to go down. And it's just... Yeah, he had one of those games where he looked like himself from last season, where he did Mm -hmm. everything possible and he made the saves that he had no business making. And yes, everyone's looking back and he allowed five goals. But you want to give your team a fighting chance. Varlamov did exactly that. And I know another team was interested in him. I don't know what team it was, but he's got a modified no trade clause and his thing is 16 teams. And apparently a team like Edmonton is not on his is on his is on that list. He's not going there. He won't waive that. Now there are other teams out there like cap wise. I don't know if it would work, but Toronto needs a goalie. I Mraz, I don't think anyone trusts Mrazek right now. Could he work out there again? Is Toronto on his list? Who knows? I mean Colorado. They like Francois a lot. I know that Kemper hasn't been amazing, but Kemper hasn't been bad either. And he's one of those goalies that when he gets hot, I mean. He gets he becomes damn near impossible. I know Florida said or the other day or today that they're comfortable with their goaltending situation. I mean, you have Bobrovsky playing like he's supposed to, and Spencer Knight comes back up, and I think they just beat Buffalo six to one, and he should have had a shutout probably looking back at that game. So they're comfortable with their goaltending. But I mean, if if you have the cap space to get a guy like Varlamov to be a tandem or a backup, again though he's gotta he's gotta be okay with that, and you can't be on that list. The sixteen teams is a, is, a, is a lot of teams. That's for, an extensive list, yeah. To say no to, but he's not gonna go to a team that's not in the playoffs. But I mean, I've never seen a performance like that from him in, in a very long time. If, and did you see the save that he made on McCarr? So I really watched no highlights last night. I, I did not. Okay, in the second period, a shot came off the end boards back to the front of the crease, and Varlamov dives back with the paddle and robs Makar. Makar ended the night with two goals and assists, and he would have had that would have been a hat trick. And again, it's one of those. I feel like there's a lot of goals in the NHL, and I always pick on Tuka Rask for this, and I don't know if it's fair. Is that there's sometimes where it seemed like he gave up on a goal before it went in, even if he had no chance of making the save. He looked defeated. Like he, he he didn't go that extra leg or make that extra move to try to stop a shot. Again, if it's going in, whatever. And some goalies don't do that. They don't want to get hurt. But all last night was Varlamov, even on the goals that he allowed, doing everything possible to give himself the best chance at making it, regardless if it was going in. I mean, there was a the power play late in the game. I mean, he stopped like three or four shots, sliding left, right, and finally. Finally, McKinnon scores, but it was just 
back and forth of you knew the goal the puck was probably going in eventually after this this play this sequence mm-hmm. but Varlamov might made like three or four saves he should never have made before the puck went in and just you like to see that that fight from a goaltender especially again because in the playoffs you need that correct and we're not going to let you get away with you know just talking about that so officially it was four goals in four minutes and 21 seconds for the avalanche and the start the third yeah. period before the islanders started to come back the last one was scored by Devon Taves, of course, because it's just plus 43 on the season. It, yeah. Unreal. And I was talking with a couple of our buddies at the game, and we were like, you know, Devon Taves is somebody that the Islanders definitely miss. He's turned into some kind of stud. So wh- what was your take watching him play? What was the reaction like in the building when he was on the ice? You know, was it a welcome back or was it a, kind of like a jealous reaction? Which, I mean, from my perspective, if that – like when Buchnevich came back, yeah. everyone talks about that trade right now for the Rangers. And as much as I miss him, I understood what they were trying to do. But you still like when he's succeeding the way he is, you're like, ah, if only we had him. So I can only imagine what that feeling's like right now. And playing on the Avalanche certainly helps. Well, when they played the Avalanche last week, they interviewed Taves and asked him about it. And he pretty much said, you know, this is a business. I love Blue. Of course he loves Lou. He's playing for the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get traded. That's the place to go, man. Alongside a guy named Kel McCarr, which we just spoke about, who's, I think he scored, he has 20 goals now. Yeah. 40 something assists, 43, 46 assists. I mean, it's crazy. I think he's got 10 more points than games played, if, if I checked that correctly before. And they played Islanders, played a video tribute for him. There wasn't, you know, I don't think there was a lot of animosity towards him. I think it was more of, this guy could have been on our team and he isn't. But at the time, you you look back and I did. I read, wrote an article for NY Hockey Now when they played the Avalanche last week about not bringing him back. Why? He, I mean, it was a cap thing, and he was at the point where he didn't have a great playoff performance. You were keeping Pulak, you were keeping Mayfield. I mean, there were things that you had to do, and Taves wasn't part of the equation. And again, it's a business. Now, do I think he would have played the way he's playing now if he was a member of the Islanders? No. I think that he's a fantastic defenseman that was underrated at the time. But again, you know, all the points and everything like that. The guy's an elite defenseman, but the Islanders don't have guys that are finishing off the chances that he's creating. You know, he's got guys like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, where he makes plays and they finish it off and he gets points. Again, not trying to take away anything from Taves, but in a defensive-minded system, I don't think he's producing this way. But he's a lockdown defenseman. You just looked at, what happened with the trades and everything had to go down with the cap. It would have been very hard to keep him again. He wasn't playing like this. He's definitely come out of a show the same way Dobson has exponentially grown the last couple of years, especially this year. We, I mean, he's burst on the scene. I, Kevin Weeks today said he sees a little bit of Cal Carr in Dobson. And I'll have a story about that. I think either later today or tomorrow, but you know, Taves grew since becoming an avalanche player. So I don't, there's no heat towards him by the fan base. No one was booing him when he touched the eyes. I think it was more of a, you know, it happens. I mean, the Islanders have given away players before, uh, a la Zdeno Chara, Roberto Luongo, where you look back and go, dang, look how they turned out. And I, yeah, I don't think there was any animosity towards him. He gave the fans, uh, you know, the fans gave him a standing ovation during the tribute video, gave a license and a wave to the people. I think it's just a situation where that's yeah, hockey. And Unfortunately for the Islanders and their fan base, they've seen that way too many times. But when he scores the goal, I mean, he scored last week too. So it was just when he got the puck, Bavilia allowed a pass through the slot, which he should never allow. Taves goes blocker side on Varlamov. And you knew that was going in before the shot even went. You're like, this is how, you know, he's going to score again. 
and he did, but kudos to him because he's had a heck of a season and he's yes. I mean, defensively as well. Again, everything, you know, the environment helps. Again, I don't want to take away from Devon Taves, he's a great defenseman. Your confidence is probably going to be very high when you play with the team you play with and the success that you have and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we're seeing from Dobson now. Despite the team not having success, he has so much more confidence in his game, and that's allowed him to play the way he's played this season. But no, Devin T- Devon Taves, you can't hate the guy. Hey, look what he's done. He's taken a a role that he didn't know he would get, and he's made the most of it. And like I said, when you play with Kale McCarr and guys like that, that brings out the best in you. It certainly does. And, I mean, that whole entire offensive system is just loaded, man. Again, the power play, the passing on the power play, I've just never seen anything like it. No, it's so crisp. And Five guys that could do anything they want. Everyone likes to do the, you know, the McCarr-Fox comparison, right? And McCarr, I think, is just so much more gifted offensively than Fox is. and. I mean, you say so much, but Fox in reality is pretty close point-wise to him. But at the same time, I think that McCarr is somebody who just has that upper echelon of finishing ability. Fox is not really a shot-first guy. He's a pass-first guy. McCarr can do both at the highest level. And I wonder if his numbers are helped by the fact that he's on the avalanche. Like, the Rangers this season haven't really been an offensive dynamo like the avalanche are. But I don't want to take anything away from McCarr because he I'm is saying. that good. That's what but I'm it, saying. It certainly it. helps. But if you have guys like the Avalanche are an elite team, they're an elite team. The point production, you know, that's why you don't always look at just stats. You got to look at playing your own zone. That's why Devontae has been great in his own zone. But if you're going based on points, if you're on a team that's full of guys where offense is the main point of this team and people produce numbers that are insane. Of course, your point production is going to be higher. You got to look at more than that. But you do look at more than that. I mean, Kale McCarr is scoring highly real goals, and he can't be stopped. And if, and the other thing is he he scores from down low, by the crease, back door. Like he jumps in on the offense and gets low, and he's got the support of guys that you know that fall back into his position. He's not just offense. I mean, I feel like it reminded me of. Sergachev against the Islanders where he's down low scoring goals. I mean, that's these you're part of the offensive defenseman wave here. I mean, Kale Carr, I mean, he's 23. He's 23 years old. And he reminds me, like, he's like McDavid of defense, the things that he can do. Yeah, and the, uh... because I just turned 24. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, nothing, I can't compare myself to that. Who am I kidding? Yeah, a little happy birthday stuff. I oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was trying to get the attention there, and you gave it to me. I appreciate it. There you go. I mean, it, it passed, so I wasn't going to necessarily bring it up. But yeah. 24, you're you're an old guy now. You're getting close. Once you get to 25, I feel like it's all downhill I'm from almost there. almost in my prime if I was an athlete. Oh, I'm an athlete. If I was an athlete, a freak athlete. I, I feel like the prime is just getting younger and younger, though. Like, these kids are gross. You just mentioned McCarr's 23, Fox is 23. Well, imagine I'm at 27. With the experience he has already had and the team that he's with, I mean, they're going to be at twenty-seven. They're My all good. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, they're all good. And we're I mean, talking. I was talking today with somebody at the Islanders practice about Dal Cole, and like, yeah, how he, you know, he hasn't lived up to expectations. The guy's twenty-five. Could he play somewhere else and have some, you know, better results? Maybe, but like these guys start out so young and they're judged from such a young age. I mean, Noah Dobson, the biggest thing with Noah Dobson right now is he's got to work on his defensive play and he's got to bulk up. I mean, the guy, the guy's still, I don't want to say he's a child, but he's 22. 
He's got so much. I mean, he's 23. He's a child. I mean, I, I feel like he's a child. I don't know. I mean, and then Yager, you got Yager talking about he's doing this fundraiser. And um, do you see about this, Brendan? He's I did. I saw it. It's a great idea. Great idea. But during his um, Twitter video, he said he's played 30 years, almost 30 years in the NHL. The car is 23. Yager played 30 years in the NHL. It's crazy. Time flies. I can't believe you. when Yager said that. I said, oh, 30 years almost in the NHL. I mean, Char is in his what, tw- 24th season in the NHL? He's playing with kids that weren't even alive when he was drafted. That's he's he's still playing. Like he he's owns that team. He's coming back. He might be back Thursday, by the way. I can give a quick update. You have Char that could be back for Thursday. He didn't look great in the ice, but again, at 44, I don't know. I mean, you come back from a, an upper body injury, what you're going to look like. Barzal, still day-to-day. He skated on his own. Um, Brock Nelson got run into by Cal Clutterbuck today. They collided. I think they banged heads. That's what Trot said. And uh, Nelson left the ice. Apparently, just as a scrape on his nose, he'll be fine. So, yeah, that's a quick, quick Islander injury update there. Continue. Yeah, I mean, but like you mentioned, Char is still going. Right, Yager owns his own team and is still going over there in the Czech Republic, and it, the longevity is just astounding with the two of them. And I think that when you have that type of longevity, I know that you mentioned Char's not having the greatest year in the NHL right now, yeah. but the respect factor is still there for all, like from his teammates, management, all of that, because oh, of what yeah. he's been through. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wound up on a contending team. I'm not necessarily sure why any contending team would want him, but I don't know if he'll play, but. They can take him as a seventh defenseman and put him in the locker room. And... It takes to win. Yep. The guy's playing in the most game sevens as a defenseman, or he has he has some crazy records, like oldest player to score in the playoffs. Oldest play- I mean, he, he just has the experience. And for any team that's going to the playoffs, maybe a younger playoff team might be the best for him. That way he could give them, you know, if, if you're like a, a Boston Bruins team. Now, I don't know if he'll end up back in Boston. I'm not sure. But like, they have so many veterans that have won. They know what it takes to win. But maybe a team like, Again, I'm not saying he's going there, but a team like a Florida or even Carolina, like teams that are newer to the playoffs but are younger as well. Like, again, every team has veterans. You need veterans to win a cup. But teams that have less experience, I'm not obviously not saying the Rangers. I'm just saying teams like that where they're making the playoffs, but he's going to go to a team that's going to contend for a cup. Now, going to the Rangers now a little bit, do you think they're legitimately a cup contender or are they a pretender? We had this conversation actually, Brendan, I think – a year ago and now things have changed yeah and i'm gonna make a bold statement but if you take what you if you take what you which obviously the rangers relied upon heavily i mean this guy's a heart cannon in vesna where are if you have a solid solid net monitor where are the rangers in the standings are they probably wild card team they're probably a, a hovering yep. around a, a wild card spot yeah i, I think I think the answer to your question about contender or pretender solely relies on the fact of their trade trade deadline and how successful versus unsuccessful it winds up becoming. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of pieces out there, a lot, and there's a lot that I like, like significantly. And I was at the Islanders Vancouver game the other day, got to watch That's up it. close Connor Garland. Yeah, correct. You were there as well. We we said hello to each other, but. Yeah. Uh, Connor Garland, who's controllable at four by five for the next four years, it's going to take a lot to get him, but that's the type of player that if you can get him a Arturi Lekkonen's one, you know, Ricard Raquel's another they're looking at, Phil Kessel, uh, 
there are players that they can go out and acquire. Um, And to me, it depends what they're trying to fill. If they're trying to get somebody that can play in the top six, then you're going to have to swing a little bigger. If they're trying to be a little more conservative, considering they are still a young team and you don't want to necessarily hemorrhage that future, I wouldn't be opposed to a Lekkanen, a Kessel, maybe an Andrew Kopp, you know, somebody like that. A Ricard Raquel would be awesome as well. Uh, and you put that on your third line and give yourself depth and Kako comes back and is healthy and can start producing and Lafreniere continues to play the way he's playing on the top line. Yeah, all of a sudden you get deep and the defense is, you know, held up and you mentioned Shesterkin. So that's a hard team to play. I don't think anybody wants to play them just because of the star power they have and because of what Shesterkin can do in goal. But if you can add some depth where you're not just solely relying on your top guys to be those top guys, we see that in the playoffs all the time. The Islanders are the perfect example where the depth is what winds up winning or, or losing every, games. Every winner. Uh, Even the Lightning, Lightning Islanders last year, right? Yanni Gord's the one that scores right. it. And Who scored the game-winning goal for them to win the cup? Do you remember? Was it Blake Coleman? No, it was Ross. It was uh, Ross, Ross Colton. Colton. Ross Colton. Blake Coleman was the year before. He scored or the second the Blackhawks. goal. Blackhawks. One of the Blackhawks come back against the um, – was it, what team did they come back against? Was it the Bruins? Boston, yep. Yeah. Do you remember who the goal guy who scored the game winning goal was? It Andrew Shaw or Boland? Boland. Boland. Yep. These guys that are depth pieces that no one ever remembers. Uh, the Islanders um, double overtime against the Panthers a couple years ago. Alan Quine. It's, it's these just guys it's crazy. That, it's not. Ever, I mean, it's probably the stars more often than you think, but in recent memory, it's it's those guys. It's the depth pieces that you probably. Don't pay that much attention to that. Find a way to get in the lineup, make the most of their time. I mean, yeah, the Rangers, perfect player for the Rangers. And Islander fans are going to hate this. Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, no. Why? No, I can't, can't put another one of those guys on that team. On the Rangers? Yeah, they have too many of them. Well, you would, he'd be playing over anyone that you have on. I mean, Cal Clutterbuck's been the Islanders. Best fourth line player. He's been consistent. He's been healthy, which has been crazy. He's a playoff player. He's a guy that every playoff team would. He want. is, but they they need offense. Like they they already have the grinding out players. They have five that they can rotate through. So at this point, they don't really need to add any more. Um, and okay. Clutterbuck's a great player, but for what the Rangers need, his he's not necessarily that mesh. Because Gaudreau has already had success moving up in the lineup, and he already has that chemistry, so you don't need to add somebody who basically is a similar type of player. They need somebody who could flat out just score, which is why I kind of like Kessel, because 33 points in Arizona, this guy can flat out shoot the puck. And if you wind up dropping Kako down to the third line, which I know Rangers fans might have a, you know, might cry over, but you put Kessel on the wing with Panarin, and I mean, Panarin can find him, and he can still finish. Yeah. I kind of like that that type of player. And New but, York hot dogs are pretty cheap. They are, and their stands right outside of them. Right outside. So he, he would love it, absolutely fit right in. Uh, he might be a little slower in New York than his previous destinations because he's always going to be stuffed on Nathan's. But, hey, if you could finish, you could finish. But I do want to talk about Shesterkin a little bit. I'd love to. You mentioned Hart and Vesna. I think give that's – Everything. everything. Give he, him the might, he might even win the Selkie. Yeah. Um, you give him – any type of chance at winning the heart. Uh, he probably has the best chance at winning the heart since Price won it in 2014-15. And Carey Price won it with a 9.33 save percentage, like, uh, a sub-two goals against average. 
Right now, Igor Shosturkin has a 193 goals against average and a 942 save percentage. He's, I, would, uh, I would say that's video game numbers, but in Chell, that's not even close to video game numbers. So that no, he's, he's, like he's absurd. The only goalie right now in NHL history that has a higher save percentage in a season is Jacques Plante, Jacques who was Plante. at a 944. The first guy to wear a helmet, right? Correct. And Shosturkin is almost there. He's close. And what's he's, crazy about about that is you probably give that to Jacques, my man Jacques, because he played at a time when there's like 15 goals a game. And this guy is <laughs> just playing at Jacques Plant, playing out of his mind. But no, but we've talked about Shosturkin. The biggest thing was no weak goals. I mean, he's not. He, he's uh, stopping everything. And you, if you have him behind you, you have if you're on the Rangers and their defense, I mean, you have the utmost confidence that he's going to make every single save. And it's crazy because you watch him and it's so easy. The yep. game is so slow for him. And you knew that was going to be the case. He dominated in the KHL. He comes over. He dominates in his in first real stand again. Some of the softer goals, which you're seeing from Sorokin now, is that they have the talent, but with the angles of shots, deflect, like a lot of the in tight stuff that you don't really see much in the KHL, those kind of things is what Sturkin's worked on. And now he's been able to stop those that you don't beat him. No one's beating him. And apparently he can take one-timers now too. He can. <laughs> I mean, the crazy part is Jacques Plant had the 944 in 40 games. Shesterkin's closing in on that 40-game mark now. So that's why it's a little harder to get to that because there are more opportunities for him to give up goals. Yeah. But, I mean, according to at least hockey reference is what I'm looking at right now, he's, his goal saved above average is 40.2. Disgusting. That's Who's next? Is someone at 12 uh, or 20? I think it's like 10 points below. Is it, what is Markstrom probably up there? It's either him or Anderson. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But they're in the what? 20s? 18? 20s are, I'm looking it up right now just to, to try and get, get it correct here. Um, let's see. Goal saved above average. The next highest is Frederick Anderson at 21. That's that's absurd. Who's after him? After him is UC Soros at 21 as well, and then Markstrom at 21 also. And then Sorokin's fifth with 16. Yeah. Which is a great year. <laughs> it's a great year. It's I mean, just... look at Sorokin's numbers. I mean, he's having a good year. Just, the problem is his stats are deceiving because of those the weaker goals that he's allowed. But, again, that's part of the but process. That's another reason why I think it's important that I know the Islanders are they're out of it. And I think if you want for if you want Sorokin to be ready next year to be that that guy that Sturkin is now again I don't know if he can get to that level because Sturkin's not even human right now, but you want him to work that stuff out. You got it's just experience. That's it. I mean, Sturkin got AHL experience for a little bit. Sorokin didn't. I'm not saying that that makes that much of an impact, but I just think Sorokin needs more time to just face shots, face forty something shots. I mean, Islanders' defense isn't as strong as it was last year. And at this point of season, how much does the results matter? I'd rather see Sorokin as a goalie and a goalie that's been behind bad defenses. I got better because my first couple years playing in high school, and then especially my first year of college, I was hit with 40, 50, 60 shots a game. And we lost, and it, it was tough. But I definitely know for a fact that I got better because I faced that many shots. If I faced six, seven, eight, nine shots a game, we win, cool. 
Yep. I am not getting better. I'm not even going to practice. I'm not facing the the different kinds of shots that these guys face. So for Sorokin, I think it's he's so incredibly good. Their anticipation level with Shesterkin is another level. It's just time in the NHL. You, you can't – nothing prepares you for actual games but games. That's it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said this for a while, and yeah. I still stand by it. I think that Shesterkin and Sorokin – uh, as good as Shesterkin is this year, I think Sorokin has the ability to kind of get towards that level. Yeah. I, like what Shesterkin's doing is not sustainable, I don't believe. If it's so, sustainable, he's going right to the Hall of Fame. Correct. If what? it is sustainable, my goodness, the Rangers went from Lundqvist to an even better goaltender, which what I don't think Lundqvist was possible. Was saved above average. Didn't you tell me this stat a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, there was – I don't remember it off the top of my head, but over the course of Lundqvist's career, it was – like almost a hundred goals more than every other goalie. And that's including Mark Andre Fleury, who I've said it before and I'll say it again is the most overrated goaltender in NHL history. And Carrie Price, who unfortunately is hurt and having his issues right now. But Carrie Price was another one who could play at this type of level. But what, what Jesterkin's do you about, doing is crazy. What do you think about Fleury not wanting to move? I think he just is done moving his family around and kind of just wants to retire. But it <laughs> Like if I'm Pittsburgh, why wouldn't I try to make an offer? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, you could bring him home. He could be—he's clearly better in Pittsburgh as a backup. <laughs> yeah, the back-to-back cups it was Murray, right? Yep, on Murray's yeah. coattails. Um, but yeah, so I—I I don't know what they're going to wind up doing with him. But what Shesterkin's doing is crazy, and I do think Sorokin can get there. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year the all-star representatives and goal are Shesterkin and Sorokin, just based on the way they both play. I mean, yeah, just, again, watching goalies like that is just, it's an art. It's really an art because, you know, we think the game, and of, of course I'm nowhere close to these guys' level, but as a goalie watching these guys, I mean, they're just masters at their craft to the point where they're so ahead of everyone else and the game's so so that hurts them. Yep. You're there, like again. The biggest thing with Sorokin is a lot of times on odd man rushes or sharp angle shots or in tight shots, they're thinking about the second or third, fourth play that's going to happen after they make that first save, and they don't commit to that first save because they're confident in their ability to stop the puck. They also know that okay, if I save this shot here, I'm sliding here, and if that shot comes from there, I'm going there, and that hurts them because they're just so good. So I think for what you're seeing with Sturkin is he's focusing more on that first shot no weak goals and that's just again that's what Sorokin Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year I was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life changing amounts of cash be like Mary log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl that's ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Srokin's going to have to do. But did you see, Brennan, that they um we got a new logo for the Stanley Cup playoffs? 
Yeah, I, I did, and everyone was making a big deal about it. <laughs> I really don't care what the logo looks like. I care about the product on the ice, but uh, why? Like, why change it? Yeah. I'm not really sure. You did I would if you had shown me a picture and said, "Does anything look different?" I would have said something looks different, but never would have. I don't know. I it doesn't matter to me. I see. I think that we've gotten like as a human species. We really change <laughs> like the biology over here. Yeah, let's let's dive into it. But like the perfect example is phones. Everything had to be small, 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 and now all of a sudden we need it bigger. So everything's getting bigger, and next thing you know, we're smaller is going to be you know the wave. So yeah. when it comes to logos, right? We modernized everything so much that now the classics are starting to be coming back into style. Like they did the reverse retros; they're doing it again, and everyone loves those. So why not throw a reverse? stanley cup like logo out there because the old ones the classic look was sick like the, from what 94 about, the 2000s what about the old nhl logo like the orange yellow one with the black remember what i'm saying know? like have a throwback you know how crazy that would look just have a throwback season Make people would love that but the, the nhl just misses every ball they just yeah. miss it oh well, it's a puck but yeah or the, but that's they're aiming for balls yeah it's just we will. You've talked about marketing and how they don't they don't do good enough job at do you know, so, but they focused on the logo and it was a story too. Like it was a big story. It was it was written about. I would yeah. never put words to paper on the they, logo. They had a whole you know written bullet point of why each part of that logo was incorporated. I don't I know if did. you saw that image, but it was like I the did. banner was for the Stanley Cup raised banner and this and that. I'm like. Okay, and it's still just going to say in plain letter Stanley Cup playoffs on the ice. So yeah. who gives a crap? I certainly don't. Um, what else is going on in the NHL that we can talk about? So Tyler Johnson returned the other day, and he had the same exact surgery that Eichel did. And they were in communication a little bit about the surgery. And, you know, everyone remembers how painful that situation was for Eichel in Buffalo. Johnson went to the black and Blackhawk and said he wanted that surgery. They said, your body, you you can do whatever you want. Yeah, the outstanding organization that is the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, hey, but they have a GM now. Oh, God. That's not Peter Shirelli. No, it is not. I I mean, it it really should be your body, your choice for the surgery, but I mean, hopefully the Sabres learn their lesson. Sabres? No, they're in trouble. Even though Vegas is in trouble, too. Why is Vegas in trouble? Vegas, they're dropping. Oh yeah, well, first off, Pacioretty is—he's still hurt, right? Or he's—he's he's back, but he's not playing. I think he's still hurt. There's no timetable. Uh, Stones hurt. I mean, they're—they're they're sitting in third right now with 68 yeah. points, but that division—you got a couple of people creeping up. You know, right now Edmonton's on the outside looking in. They got 64. So I—I I don't think they're in the Pacific. So they get lucky in that aspect. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think they're going to miss. But the problem is that the Central is starting to get even tighter. So you might have a situation where you're either in the top three in the Pacific and in or you're out. Calgary is not moving. The By Kings the way, Calgary, a wagon. Calgary is – I don't want to say they're better than Colorado, but they might they're, be. They're not. If they played in a seven-game series, that's not – I don't know. Calgary might win that. They have better uh, goaltending. And Calgary they, has – Calgary's – they have better goaltending. They, they, no, they do. But I – Calgary's so good. And I roasted them on the Blake Coleman signing. 
what are you giving that much money to a guy like that for? You know, what are you doing? That team is un- unreal. They are, but they really aren't. But they grind. They have lines that could just grind you down. I know I know that Colorado does. They have the talent. But, again, in the playoffs, defense wins championships. And I don't think – I don't trust Kepper to be a Stanley Cup goaltender the same way I didn't think Grubauer was. And that would be the worst signing Seattle – the worst move Seattle made in the whole entire – Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is he, – he's been one of the statistically worst net miners in hockey – I never saw once in his time with Colorado a performance where I thought, oh, yeah, he could carry a team. No. He just happened to be on a juggernaut. That's really what it was. But the whole thing with Calgary, they do have the great goaltending. They have the offensive pieces. But to me, they're very hit or miss. And come postseason, I don't know if they have the depth scoring to do it. It's the same exact thing with the Rangers. And I know the Calgary pumped the Rangers twice, but every team has that one team that's an anomaly with them. The Rangers have more points than the Flames. So I don't know how, like, and I don't think the Rangers are, like I mentioned, right now poised to win a Stanley Cup. I think that they have to make moves, and they they probably are still a year or two away. But for Calgary, whatever they do at the deadline has to be to add a little more depth, maybe a buckle up the defense a little bit. But in reality, Colorado is just, they're they're unreal. And I know that Calgary just beat them, but Calgary is... They, they go hot and they go cold. Minnesota goes hot, goes cold. The only team that's really just been hot is Colorado. Yeah, I mean, Colorado has 87 points. That's, and they I mean, have a 16 point. That's math, right? And they, they started off 4, 5, and 1. What did you say? They started off 4, 5, and 1. They're 41, 11, and 5. You know a team that's at, really in trouble? Toronto is really in trouble because they're playing now to the, to the quote-unquote Regular season team that doesn't play defense anymore, but the defense really hasn't been the issue. They are not getting saves from anyone. No, their goaltending is bad. Remember when people said that Campbell was better than Shesterkin? Yeah, well, I mean, he's not better, but he just was playing really well to start the year. But I think it was Mike Johnston on NHL Network. He was looking through it. I think Toronto had like defensive numbers about, you know, hard. Uh, high danger chances or high danger shots against. They were the best in the NHL and not allowing those. But their goaltending, they were losing games. They're allowing goals. I forgot. I think it was the other day where they won five four or like ten seven. Like they don't, they don't get saves. And what's going to happen in the postseason is the stars are the forward stars are not. I mean, you need goaltending. They were looking back at you know this the the series that the Maple Leafs lost six game series seven game series in the playoffs. And then I get this is Mike Johnson again. He kept saying, how did the goalies perform in those final games they were eliminated? Not well. And I don't know. I mean, Toronto, you can't really go out and get a goalie. Like, you're not going to get a you – you need an elite goaltender. They're, they're not available. Now, I don't know what they need to do to fix their goaltending. I feel like um, Campbell's good enough. He's just going through a rough patch. But Mrazek has been dreadful. Yeah. And, they're they're not their tandem is in trouble and then do they go out and do they go after a varlamov or do they well, go after georgiev i don't know if he wants to, I, I don't know if any canadian team is on his radar i don't think i think they might all be on that 16 do not trade me to this i would love that and i would love that their only option to upgrade potentially is georgiev oh my god would i love that <laughs> please give me any type of pick well, for that I guy think I will, 
there was rumors that he was going to Toronto last year, wasn't it? It made yep. too much sense. Because he dominates Toronto. So Toronto only Toronto. sees the best of Georgiev. So I don't know if they make a move. But if, if they said, here's a fifth-round pick for Georgiev, oh, my, I'd jump on that. And then if I'm the Rangers, i try to grab a backup at the deadline. What is Edmonton going to do? I know Koskinen has been better as of late. But he, he's been good. He's been good. But, again, is he a guy – He's not a, a guy that's going to steal you a Stanley Cup. No, he's not. But it, at the same time, there's no one that they can get. That's the problem. These teams that need those goaltenders, not to like sure, but like if you brought Varamov into that situation, he's by far better than Koskinen. Forget the stats in the season. I mean, again, I just Koskinen, I never understood that signing either. It made no sense when they so committed money. Let to me them. ask you a question. Yes. You're talking about goaltending, and I, I'm looking at the TSN trade bait list, and okay. the name kind of jumps out at me, and it would be a really interesting thing to see the Rangers go out and try to get him. So, Braden Holpe. Mm-hmm. He's been solid. Been okay, but forget that. Won a Stanley yeah. Cup, veteran goalie. Mm-hmm. If they re- wind up moving on from Georgiev, they have all the cap space for the deadline of the world. Why not put somebody like that behind the Shesterkin? Yeah. I mean, will Ranger fans be able to, like, breathe if that happened? Yeah, I mean, it? why not, right? It, it's it, If you're putting your backup options as Holpe versus Georgiev or Kincaid at this point, Holpe's still the better option. Oh, yeah. Than, by a also, mile. Do the, so you're riding Shesterkin in the postseason. There's no one else. No, correct. But you yeah. never know what can happen, knock off wood, well, right? That's the thing. If Shesterkin were to get hurt right now, the Rangers are screwed. Yeah, correct. And you also don't know. Holpe's not fixing you from that. No, but you don't know what could happen in the future, just voice in the locker room wise, because he has won a cup. Yeah, and I think anytime you could add that at the deadline, where it, they're not somebody who could affect you, right? So you mentioned Chara going to a veteran team, being a seventh D man, same yeah. exact situation for the for the majority of the time. Hope he will be serviceable when he plays in the regular season if you get him at the deadline. Yeah, and like you said, your goal is you're riding Shesterkin, so that's just I'd rather have the veteran backup than a Georgiev. And you're really only a million dollar difference. You're giving Holpe a million dollars more. So really nothing there. Yeah. You had a question actually on, on Twitter about the lines. You spoke about it for a, a second. I'll just get to one here. So we with Sturkin. That's the, uh, the, the <laughs> on Twitter. How would we feel about a Lekkanen, Edel, Raquel line? Third line with those two being the two major moves at the deadline. Now, you spoke about Lekkanen, by the way, has been like a very good defensive player this year, right? Yeah, which is why I think the Rangers like him because they're trying to shore up that defensive side, especially if they can't add people that are going to score. It's interesting because that wouldn't be a bad... of a line. It it is. It wouldn't be a bad third line, but in my opinion, if you're going to only add players for the third line, adding a Lekkanen, adding a Kessel, adding a Cop, those are the players you would get. If you're adding Raquel, his upside's higher. I would try to add another line. scorer on the other side. You think Raquel yeah. would play third line? I, on the Rangers, yeah. I think he would play third line. But if you get Raquel, I would like them to go after a Kessel then, not a Lekkanen, and just make that third line somebody that could score. Because Raquel yeah. and Kessel on the wings. Goals. Correct. Lekkanen is not an offensive-minded player. No. But if you go and get Lekkanen and Cop, that's an interesting third line. Because now you have Edel who has skill. You have Cop and Lekkanen who have some type of skill, but are very solid defensively. 
now you're you're making a, a unit there. But I, I like the idea of going after Raquel, going after Kessel, going after those types of guys a little more than uh, going after Lekkonen. Yeah. But it's not the worst line in the world. Like that's an upgrade to what they have now. Yeah. Again, it's just weird. The Rangers doing an, an a la Islander thing where just getting a guy like Lekkonen would be someone that Trotz would probably love. Yeah, correct. And, and like we had talked about when you mentioned Clutterbuck, I don't think that's what they need. I think they need scoring because yeah. defensively, once the playoffs come, usually defensively you get tighter no matter what, no matter how porous of a team you are. And even over the last month, the Rangers have actually gotten tighter. Like even though the, the Winnipeg had 45 shots on goal the other day, they only had like a two goals uh, expected that they were going to score. It was all outside. And Chesterkin's going to stop that, which he did. So I don't think you really need to worry about adding defensive-minded forwards. I think you need to worry about getting forwards who can score. Because if you can score three a game in the playoffs, with Chesterkin in goal right now, that's enough. You score two in the playoffs, that's enough. He's, what is it, 1.8-something right now? 1.93. Yeah, all you need is two. Correct. And it, like I said, I don't know how sustainable it is. But if you can get a team where you already know Zabanajag, Kreider, Panarin, Strom, you know, hopefully Lafreniere and Kaka are going to show up. So that's six. Where's the rest of the offense coming from? And if you can get another line that can actually have scores on it that have even produced in the postseason, Raquel had a couple of postseason games under his belt. Kessel has a couple of cups under his belt. Yeah. So that would be phenomenal. Definitely would be. Brendan, we haven't talked in a while. It's been fun. I think you're, you're taking me out for my birthday tomorrow and you're surprising me. I am. I'm not telling you anything about it, and you won't know anything about it until we get there, but it'll be a good time. Plus, we're going to a place. Yeah, I mean, you're not coming to my studio apartment. That wouldn't be fun. We're not playing challenge, just having a beer? That's not. No, that does sound very enjoyable, but no, that is not the, uh, not the plan for the evening. All right, well, as always, Brendan, it's been a pleasure. We are, I think, are we exactly two weeks away from – I'm not good at math. Are we two weeks away from the trade deadline? Exactly. We are – no, we are something, though. Isn't it the 21st? Yeah. And today's the 8th? What's 14 plus 8? That's 22nd, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're a little so... under it. Oh, God, math. Good try. Math, Brennan. All right, guys, you know what? Got to log off and study my uh, fractions and decimals and counting. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at BackCheckPod. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 